You're listening to a conversation with Katie, Jamie, and Robin on the Child Life On Call podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Child Life On Call podcast. When your child is sick, the whole world seems to stop in its tracks. Plans and priorities change, and your number one job becomes figuring out how to get your child well again. For some of us, rest, medications, and relaxation can do the trick. But for others, it takes more. It takes countless doctor appointments, invasive medical testing, therapy, surgeries. The list goes on, and then you still may not have all of the answers or results you were hoping for. This podcast features parents of children that have an illness or medical condition, and gives them a place to share their own journeys and experiences. We will talk about the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, but one thing seems to remain the same. Children are resilient and teach us more about ourselves and the world than we could ever imagine. Thank you so much for lending a listening ear and opening up your heart to these families and this podcast. I'm your host, Katie Taylor. Hello and welcome listeners. I am so honored and happy and humble that you are listening to this podcast today. Season three has been a little bit different. Um, Number one, I took a little bit of a break in the summer uh, and didn't have as many episodes coming out. Number two, we had an interview with authors, which we've never done before. I'm also going to share with you a new episode, but I think is kind of different and something you may enjoy. A couple weeks ago, I presented at the Texas Association for Child Life Professionals with a good friend and ex-boss of mine, Jamie Gentilly. And the night before we presented, uh, we sat in a room with uh, my colleague and friend, Robin, and we recorded a podcast. And the three of us are very silly. We're very funny. Um, I'm excited to share this with you because... I don't often kind of get to reveal a lot of myself or my stories to you all, and you're checking back and always listening to episodes. So I'm excited for some of you to get to know me a little bit more. I am very silly so and sarcastic, so I want you to know that before you listen to this. But what I really enjoy is just speaking with other child life specialists that have turned into friends and talking about why we picked this profession some of the fun parts, some of the hard parts, um, and just child life wins. And I'm really looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. So I hope that it makes you laugh. I hope that it gives you some insight into who I am behind the Child Life On Call podcast. And I will have another episode that is a parent interview um, for my next episode. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy. And don't judge me too much or or Jamie, or Robin. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hello, and welcome to the Child Life On Call podcast. Uh, It's your host, Katie Taylor. Uh, You know, if you've listened to this podcast before, that it's usually me interviewing a family uh, who has a child that has an illness or a medical condition. um, And that's really important to me and the whole reason that I've created this podcast. But Tonight's going to be a little bit differently, and I say tonight because it is late, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's 8.30 p.m. right now. 9.30 p.m. 
9.30 Eastern, that's correct. And I am joined by two of the loveliest child life specialists you have ever seen. I have got Jamie Gentile, a certified child life specialist, a master of public health, and also director of Anova Children's Hospital. And to my left here, I have Robin Moyer, who is also a master of child life and family-centered care. And uh, also the supervisor for St. David's Children's Hospital. So I'm in good company. I thought that tonight I'd throw them uh, a couple questions so that the listeners could hear uh, their perspective about things. So I'm really excited for tonight. It's going to feel different. It's going to be different. Um, but I'm happy that you're here. So I'm going to shoot this question to Robin and I'm going to ask her to tell me why she got into child life and how long she's been in the field. So I have been a child life specialist since 2002. That's when I became certified. I always knew I wanted to work with children, but didn't know about child life until I had finished my undergrad degree in psychology and was working in an early childhood program and decided to take a master's course at Wheelock College and saw it in the course catalog. So it wasn't teaching, which I thought maybe would be good. It wasn't social work. It wasn't nursing, but I was like, that's for me, working with children in the hospital. So I volunteered at Mass General Hospital in Boston to see if I liked it with the child life specialist and loved it and got my master's from Wheelock College and have been doing it ever since. Uh, my favorite part of that story is when you probably physically opened a course catalog and looked at the different job descriptions and saw child life written there because... I don't think that's how people are finding about finding out about child life these days, but that's awesome. And you've been in the child life field for how many years? Since 2002. Can you do the math on that? I can try. Okay. 2019. 17 years. 17 <laughs> years. That's good math, and that's good child life career. All right. And uh, to my right, I have Jamie, and I want her to tell you about how she got into the field. We have been in the field for the exact same number of years. What? What? That's crazy. I know. That is crazy. I knew that I wanted to do something in the medical field with kids. And at first, I said, I want to be a doctor. And then... And then I took organic chemistry, and it was like, no, you're not allowed to be a doctor. So... I realized that that would be a real challenge for me, but I knew that I could do that if I wanted to, but the more I learned about being a physician, the more I realized it wouldn't have given me that one-on-one time with kids that I really wanted and the quality time that I was looking for. And so I was figuring out what I wanted to do within that realm of something medical, something health-related, something child-related, and I worked at a summer camp with people a few of them who were child life specialists and we were just chatting one day and she was telling me about her job. This is my friend, Katie, another Katie. And she, the more she said, the more I was like, this is exactly what I love. This is what I want to be doing. And I really lucked out and ended up getting an internship after that. 
and went right into the career and into the field. And it's been 17 years of great child life experience and getting to know fabulous people and families along the way. That is exceptional. And as the youngest person here in this room, um, maybe with the least experience, but probably the most relatable to those listening to the podcast, um, let me tell you how I got in the field. I'm just kidding. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm funny right now, but maybe you guys aren't laughing. Okay. Yeah. Y'all can interview me too. Um, I went to Penn State University, and um, so did Jamie, which is kind of fun. I graduated after her um, a few years. I don't know because it's facts, because I'm all about facts. Um, So uh, at Penn State, there is a big thing called Dance Marathon, and it raises money for pediatric cancer at Hershey Medical Center. Um, It's something called the Four Diamonds, and I got thrown in as a freshman to stand on my feet for 48 hours, no sitting, no sleeping, and it, needless to say, it was a life-changing experience, and to get the opportunity as a freshman is very rare. I was on the dance team, and a senior in the dance team had actually gone through a pretty bad medical experience, and they needed someone to step in, and me being kind of a novice, not knowing what I was getting into, raised my hand, but it was the best decision I ever made because from the get-go, I got to get really involved with Thon. So uh, as I was touring Hershey Medical Center to see where all of the money um, that we were raising was going, I met a child life specialist, and I was like, oh, you. You are what I want to do. Um, So long story short, that's where I'm at now. So I want to ask these ladies a question, and it's going to be a tough one. Are you guys ready? Okay. Um, I want you to pinpoint one story, one family, one patient, one experience that changed it all for you. And like maybe you thought things were going one way, and then you realized the impact that you were actually making. Who wants to start? Whoa. 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 Super heavy. Is it too much? Um, Rob, are you ready? Or do you want me to? I, I have one. I mean, as the host, I'll go first. I'll do mine. Um, happy to. So it's funny. I was actually, I was thinking about maybe doing this with Robin and Jamie. And then last night, I was driving my daughter and son home from dinner. And we put on this really interesting Spotify playlist that had a lot of different songs on it. And one of the songs that came on was Fireflies from Owl City. And it just brought back this experience I had when I was a child life specialist and I was working in surgery. And so across the street from our surgery was the TICU, which was the adult trauma ICU. And so I would get consulted over to that adult ICU Um, to help the kiddos whose parents were in there. And so there was a patient who had been hit by an 18-wheeler, and it wasn't looking good, and she had four young kids. And so I had to meet them before they went to go visit the trauma ICU. This was my first experience doing it, but I had a really supportive boss and a supportive network um, who helped me, equip me for what to do when I went in the room. And so we talked about a few things. We drew mom a few pictures. Uh, At one point, we were even laughing kind of about some of their family inside jokes. 
And each one of the children wanted to do something special for their mom, who was intubated and sedated when we went into the room. And the youngest one, who was six years old, said, I want to sing my mom Fireflies. And so the five of us went into the room, and you just have this angelic voice of a young child singing Fireflies. And for me, it was that intimate moment of being there with her and her mom that made me realize the magnitude of what we do and the impact we have. So I think it, it, it was one of those things that I'll always remember. And I think I had it tucked back and then hearing the song again just made me appreciate what we do. So that's mine. I know. And I'm sorry because the question is kind of biased because I just thought of it, <laughs> but I don't know. Do y'all have any thoughts or about how amazing I am? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing and inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I can think of lots of patients, but one that always sticks out was during my internship. Um, I was doing an internship on an infant toddler unit, um, and there was a baby who was nine months old, and she was a shaken baby. Um, and sadly, it was her mother who abused her, and so she was remo removed from that family and didn't have other family um, to be with her in the hospital. So as an intern on that unit, a lot of my day was spent providing developmentally appropriate stimulation for her, bringing her to the playroom, and just doing a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, really loving on her. Um, and being there for procedures and anything that happened with her. So she was stable enough to go and get a shunt placed. Um, and because the surgeon had seen me in the room every day, he said, you know, if you want to come in first thing in the morning, you can come in and you can be with her in pre-op. And you can be there and pack you and just check with your manager and make sure it's okay. So it was like, absolutely. So I came in, and I was with her in pre-op, and he said, do you want to come back to the OR and sit in the corner? I was like, um, sure. So he let me do that. Um, and then when she woke up in PACU, she looked around, and she was still, like, half in and out with the anesthesia, and she, like, reached for me. I know. And so I was able to, like, see kind of her through that whole experience. And then at the end of my internship, she went into foster care. And my supervisor allowed me to be spend time with the foster family to help them get to know her and like help her transition to be discharged. So yes. And so she just, for me, validated like everything I ever thought was important about child life. So yeah, yeah. Super cool. It's like, you're so cool and so good at your job. <laughs> Just so you know, child life specialists need a ton of positive reinforcement. So that's basically what this podcast is about. We're needy, for sure. Jamie, do you have one? I have one. I, yes, I do have one, but it's not nearly as impactful and beautiful as yours. Both of yours. So super glad I'm going last. Should have started this one out. Um, so I worked in radiology as a child life specialist for a few years and 
that's a very that aspect outpatient child life is very different from inpatient where you have quick interactions with families you typically don't get to build relationships with them you don't see them day to day and it's it's very it's almost transactional and you don't get that validation of oh my gosh I'm seeing this kid progress over time and I'm seeing the progress that they made and it's been wonderful um but this one day I was working with a little girl who was having an ultrasound and an ultrasound is theoretically like the most benign radiology procedure that you can have and you know theoretically of course but this little one was having a really hard time I think she was like six or seven she was having a really hard time with it she was there with her dad and it just took a lot of I, mean, I, I spent time with her beforehand and explained to her what was going to happen and then it took a lot of support and um, redirecting and encouragement and more alternative focus and distraction than I was prepared for, for like a five or six year old getting an ultrasound. And, and it ended up being fine. We got the scan. We got the images that we needed. And at the end, I was saying goodbye to them. And the dad just was like, thank you so much. You were the most important person in that room. And I was I, I was floored because I didn't think that I had made that much of a difference. This was like one of my seven kids to see for that day. And I didn't realize that in that moment of what I thought of as like a no big deal ultrasound was a really stressful situation for this family. And I never realized that I had the potential to make that kind of impact on what I thought was a really simple situation. And it made me just remember that we are, we do this every day, all day. And, but to this family, we are on a, a powerful piece of their journey that we need to really understand that and feel honored to be in that position. So I guess my story was kind of better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, there she is, one-upping us. So, yeah, those are all really cool stories and really hit home for why we are child life specialists. But one of the best parts, I think, about working with kids is how hilarious they are and how they can throw us off without us even realizing what's happening. Like, I have prepared a kiddo for going into surgery, and I showed him a picture of the operating room lights. And he said, oh, look, those are the daggers they're going to shoot inside my body. And you're like, what did you just say? Or I ask him if he knows what Dr. Suter is going to use to take out his appendix. And he replies with probably his Jedi laser or his safety <laughs> scissors. So that's one of my favorite part about working with kids. Um, and so I was just going to ask Robin and Jamie if they had any funny experiences to share. I am putting them on the spot right now, so I'm going to tell one of Robin's funny ones because I know her. Um, so I have recently launched a shirt that's called Let's Play Child Life Specialist, and the play is like a play symbol in my head. Um, but this just shows you how out of touch we can be as adults because... Robin walks into the room of a 16-year-old, and she says, hey, in there, you know, she doesn't just say, hey, what's my shirt say? But after getting to know him, she's like, can you tell what my shirt says? And he says, let's YouTube. 
And that's, I mean, to me, hilarious. And you just never know what they're going to say. So can y'all think of anything funny? Yes. Um, so during my years when I was in radiation, radiation, radiology, um, I, my office was upstairs in the inpatient unit. So I got to know some of the kiddos upstairs, particularly the frequent flyers that I would see around the hallways a lot. And there's this one little girl. She was such a pistol. She had been, she clocked in like her 100th brain surgery with us. And she had, she was just in and out, but so funny, such a good, funny, spunky attitude. Um, so we just really enjoyed having her around and she always kept us on our toes. And we had a physician at the hospital. <laughs> we had a physician at the hospital. Shoot. With that, um, that literally had narcolepsy and... <laughs> Every once in a while, he would just, it would hit him at the nurse's station. <laughs> he was an impeccable physician. I mean, I will say that, but yeah, it was an issue. And this little spitfire walks by him and, <laughs> and he's like having, having a little moment to himself. And she walks by and she looks at him. And she looks at the rest of us, and we're all just, like, making eye contact, like, yeah, I know. And she goes, he's just an angel when he sleeps. (laughs) 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 And needless to say, our loud laughter (laughs) brought him back. hysterical thing a kid has ever said i mean there i probably we could fill a book with these stories of how funny they are but that was pretty funny oh man we've had a lot of funny times working with kiddos but now i really want to talk about child life wins and when you really felt like you made an impact or you had a win jamie tell us your story so This happened early on in my child life career, and I think this was a case of me being young and cocky, but it ended up working out for the best. And this is what I remember, and I tell myself this when I have been years into the profession, and I'm like, oh, I know all the things that could happen if I speak up. Speak up. This is your job. We're child life specialists. Be advocates. So I was working with a 16-year-old patient she was in and out. She had an oncology diagnosis, and her name was Michelle. And she um, she had a she just had a really hard time. She never um, all of her treatments were really difficult for her, and she struggled every step of the way. Um, I saw her a lot when she came down for imaging in radiology, so I got to know her pretty well. And then I would see her upstairs when I went back up to my office. And when she was admitted, I would always see her in the hallway. And uh, she needed an uh, like a random ultrasound one day. And she was just in so much pain. And they were gonna have they were like sending for a transport and getting her down there. 
And the whole time we're just thinking, she's she's like, can they please just come up and do it? And like we know full well that they have magical portable ultrasound machines that have every capability of doing that. So as the child life specialist, I said, hey, can we bring the portable up and do it in a room? And they were like, no, we don't really have time for that. And for some, like, I got some serious injection of, like, She-Ra or Princess of Power or something that just, like, drove me to just forge ahead. And, <laughs> and, I, and I said, we are, we are a children's hospital. This patient needs something that we can provide. We need to bring the portable up. And they did. And it was... It was the, the simplest thing, but she was so grateful. And I could tell that she, you could see her visibly become relieved that she didn't. Because physically, like, getting onto a stretcher was painful for her. Every part of her body was in pain. So that little thing, I know, made her day a little bit better and really helped ease the pain. Some of the pain we couldn't prevent, but that was some of the pain that we could prevent. And it just took jumping in and saying, hey, this doesn't make sense. Let's do this. We have the capability to do this better. Let's do it the right way. And that's something I would tell every child life specialist to honor your role as an advocate and as someone who is speaking out for kids and families who might not be able to speak out for themselves and who might not know the right questions to ask. Um, but that's we can be their voice in a way that might seem simple to us, but it ends up could end up making a world of difference to these kids. Um, and this little one, well, she wasn't little. She was a teenager, but she was just such a sweet kid. And she was really, really, really sassy, which is probably why I liked her a lot. But she did not make friends with everyone, and she was not everyone's best friend. And she did end up passing away, and I went to her funeral, and we, um, the, whoever was giving, the, like, doing the service of the funeral was talking about how she was just this beautiful, lighthearted, easy breezy teenager, and that she just lived every life, every minute of her life to the fullest, and I was sitting next to another child life specialist who was working with her a lot, and it, we kind of looked at each other, and we're like, no, that's not Michelle. Like, she was a sassy little son of a gun. And that was something that we really cherish getting to know about her and getting to really realize the kind of person that she was and to honor that and to realize that, man, this girl's having a bad day. And if we can do something to make her day better, we're going to do it. And that's why we went into this profession. And it's really getting back to basics of what we do every day. We are there to speak for children and their families and to advocate for them and to make it as absolutely as pos as positive an experience as possible. So, and I always still have my Michelle memories and I have a little plaque that we used to have on a bench for her in my office um, 17 years later. So that will really stick with me of the impact of what we do. And it's really an honor to be able to do it. For sure. And it's funny because as I'm thinking about Jamie and Robin and I do this podcast and like, wanting to impart some wisdom on child life specialists in the field or new students that are wanting to be child life specialists. It's like, I think we're going to give you these really big life altering things, but what you'll find it's really in the small things that we do that make a big difference for patients. And as Jamie was sharing her story, it reminded me of a story of 
being down in pre-op with a patient who was a four-year-old boy who had just gotten diagnosed with a pretty bad oncologic um, diagnosis, and he was about to go get his port placed. And I just brought down my bag of toys, and we sat in pre-op, and we played, and we pretended like the little army men were jumping off the bed into a puddle of lava. And he and I were just playing the whole time. And it wasn't about prepping him and making sure he knew exactly what was going to happen and what the stakes were and this and that. It was just about playing with him in that moment that was really scary and just letting him be a kid. And he was the same kid that I would go in and play the Wii with and then rounds would come and we would pretend to be real serious and like, oh yeah, we care what you're saying, doctor. But then we'd go right back to playing Wii and like, that's the beauty of working with kids and the beauty that child life has, that we can be both the really big supporter and making sure they know about the education and the medical stuff, and then we can also be the real fluff side, and it's okay to be the bubble play lady every once in a while because that's what kids need. This was really fun. I'm so glad that Jamie and Robin got to hang out here in my hotel room. Um, Jamie and I are going to present tomorrow at the Texas Association for Child Life Professionals about the impact of social media and community on families. And so I asked them to do this podcast with me this evening. But thank you so much for listening. I know this is different than what you're used to. But uh, if you have any questions or Uh, you'd like to follow along. I love when people comment on Child Life on Call podcast uh, on Instagram or on Facebook. uh, And I will link to both Jamie and Robin's social media so you can get in touch with them if you have any questions. Um, But as always, thanks for listening and share the love of this podcast so we can get more parents listening. A five-star review really does go a long way. So thank you so much for listening to Child Life on Call.